Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. I'm wanting to bring something to the table today that has come up a lot for me recently. And um, I found it so fascinating that this is something that Ashlyn, who was on the podcast earlier, I guess it was last week, um, brought up as well. And I'm realizing, man, oh man, if I had overcome this little roadblock of mine a lot earlier, I would have saved myself so much emotional energy as a business owner. And so I wanted to bring this to the table for anyone else feeling like this, because I think that when we get over this, it honestly is the most liberating feeling in the world. So let me share exactly what this is. I'm noticing again and again and again that people are really confusing facts with feelings. And when they are confusing facts with feelings, they are really getting in the way with a lot of the big decisions they have to make in their business around whether or not they should do a strategy or whether are they not whether or not they should send another email or push a little harder or anything like that. And so I wanted to share a couple of examples, especially two experiences that I've had recently that have highlighted this for me. But first, I think something we need to be clear about is your feelings are your experience, but just because it's your experience doesn't mean it's everyone else's experience. And as a business owner, you have to consider your own experience because you have to sustain whatever actions you take in your business. But more than anything, when it comes to like growth and sales and that kind of like needle moving stuff, you're not thinking about your experience as much as you're thinking about other people's experience, which means you need to test everything before you come to a conclusion. In fact, you need to test everything more than once, most likely. And I'm going to give you a really clear example of this. I've actually shared this on the podcast already, but our guest last week, Ashlyn Carter, said she had the exact same experience. So I felt like, okay, this is something important enough to mention again. So let me back up here. For years, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate because in my coaching calls, I hear people say this all the freaking time. For years, I was terrified to send too many emails to my email list. So I barely emailed them right? And then I think, wait, let me think about how often I probably did email them. I think I wasn't even on a consistent schedule at the time. It was more like whenever I felt like something was worth saying, like I waited for inspiration to hit. I waited for me to be like, wow, that's a great email. I'll send it. Like that's worth a read, right? So anyways, I was very inconsistent. And of course I was more leaning on making sure that the content was A plus top notch. And for that reason, I probably emailed them like, hmm, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out to be like once a quarter, like really, really very, very little. And then a coach convinced me that I need to send an email once a week. And I was like flabbergasted. Usually when I talk to clients about this, their assumption is that they should email once a month. They know that they have to be more consistent than once a quarter but they feel like people won't want to read emails from me more than once. And I'm sorry, more than once a month. And I'm so curious if you're listening to this and you have beliefs like this, I'm so curious what your number is and how often you feel like is too much. Right. But anyways, when I was trying to make this decision, I was like, why would people want to hear from me once a week? I mean, 
I feel like that's bothering people. I'm going to be so annoying. People are going to unsubscribe. Like I started spiraling around what people would do or how people would feel because I emailed them once a week instead of once a quarter or whatever the heck I was doing. But I did it. Nothing terrible happened, but also nothing groundbreaking. And my open rate was pretty average. I think because like I did share good content, but yeah, but it was like average. It was like 22 to 25%. And my understanding is that's like kind of what you're going for. Like if it's less than that, you something might be wrong, but like, and if it's more than that, it's awesome. But like, if you're at 22%, my understanding is like, okay, good. High five. Like you're doing fine. So anyways, this year I realized that most of the brands I loved emailed their lists like twice a week minimum. And when I realized that, that was absolutely bonkers to me, but also something I couldn't really ignore. I also like backstory had this idea of having this Friday behind the scenes email, but I didn't think like anyone would care about that if they didn't feel like they were getting value from me. And just a quick interruption, since I am an education brand, value is a big part of what I give. For you, it might be different, but I'm just sharing the behind the scenes of how I came to this decision. So just because I was thinking about that value thing doesn't mean that it's true for you. I just want a quick caveat just so that I don't get you into a spiral (laughs) or overthinking your email marketing strategy if it's already working for you. So anyways, back to my decision, right? So in the end, I basically was like, all right, if I want to share more behind the scenes content, which I think is super important in helping people feel connected to me, I'm going to have to start emailing people twice a week so that I also give them enough value so they see me as an education brand. So I was super terrified, but I created like a three-month schedule where I was emailing them twice a week for about three months before I was going to look at the data. And I was totally committed to testing this, but I was also so terrified I was going to like lose a ton of people. You're never going to believe what happened. The absolute opposite happened. My open rate doubled and I have gotten more responses than ever before. Sure. Some people unsubscribed, but not nearly the amount that stuck around. I also have gotten maybe one email response from someone in the past I think now I've done the doing this for a year. I've gotten one email response from someone saying, I write too many emails. And I think I wrote so someone else that I write, my emails are way too long. But that is it. All right. Other than that, it's been only positive feedback. And of course, someone subscribes. Like I said, the data there is like insignificant compared to all of the other increases, right? And just so you know, Sophia in the past would have freaked out about one person emailing me, giving me some criticism. I literally would have taken that one email and been like, oh my gosh, I knew it. Like I knew people would be annoyed with me. I needed to completely change it just because like one person expressed her unhappiness with me. But again, one person in an entire year complained about how often I was emailing. And so data-wise, it is just not enough to say I should stop. Here's another example, and this is more recent, and this is also a big one because this was a big learning thing for me and something I'm definitely taking into 2023. In my most recent webinar, and if you're listening to this, you might have been on that webinar. I was my Get Clients on Social class. And on that webinar, I shared my clients on social system. It's this very, very in-depth training. It's about 90 minutes long. And I shared strategies and templates and behind the scenes and just so much for people to play with and experiment with like right away, right off, like as soon as they got off the call, whether or not they chose to invest in any coaching with me or not. But of course, I also wanted to use this event 
to share what the heck to post with people because I am about to raise my rates. And of course, like I want as many people as possible to know about what the heck to post so they can make the decision on whether or not they want to join what the heck to post before prices go up. Now, a typical webinar structure, and this is probably what you've learned. Most people have learned it this way. A typical webinar structure is to take your pitch at the end before Q&A. And I have used that structure before and it's worked fine. You know, like I've, I've always had pretty good conversions on my webinars, but a former coach told me to make my pitch and put it in the middle of the webinar before I get to the juicy tip at the end. And she gave me this like whole structure that made me talk about my membership for like five whole minutes longer than I normally would do. And that terrified me. I just kept thinking, people are going to be so annoyed with me and people will be so bored and they'll want to leave and they'll just be fed up with this webinar and they'll never want to work with me because they'll just feel like I'm too salesy. And my coach responded to that being like, you know what, if that's true, they were never going to be long-term clients anyway. Besides, she said, and this was like a really clear moment for me. She's like, this is a 90 minute training. You are talking about your membership for 10 minutes. The 70 remaining minutes are all about value and coaching and something that they have said they want to know more about. And your membership only gives them the missing pieces to continue on that journey of whatever topic that they're all there to learn more about. And she was so freaking right. Just because my feelings are one thing doesn't mean that's the experience of everyone else. I had to give it a try. I had to read the data. I had to create that event, test what I was feeling, and really come up with actual data to disprove me or to prove me right, right? So I did the webinar. This I did all of the webinars this way, and I was so tempted. I mean, I remember on my second day, I remember like sitting down like to redo the sales pitch and move it to the end because when I was doing it in the moment on day one... First of all, I was so tired because I didn't drink enough water and I was all feeling like kind of drained when I got to the pitch part. But also I was so self-conscious. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm selling forever. I feel like just so uncomfortable. I think that people are hating this. I think people are judging me as salesy. I think people are fed up. And you know what? Sure, there might've been someone, but for the most part, that webinar converted almost 25%, which by the way, like conversion rate in average is about three to 6%. I typically see 10%, which is very good, but 25% is more than double, right? So my little shift, which I was judging and freaking out about was actually a tremendous move for me to make. I was making all these assumptions of what people were going to think about me when the truth of the matter is, well, sure, there might've been a couple people who thought that more than my typical average wanted to work with me as a result of that shift, right? So again, just because your feelings are one way does not mean that's the experience of the people who are experiencing whatever the thing is that you're fretting over about. So I'm telling you this because when all the feelings are coming up, this is your reminder to reel yourself back in, take a deep breath, stop the spiral and look at the facts. And if you have no facts, test it, like seriously commit to it put it out there and test it. 
Test it numerous times because quite honestly, you have to shift things, right? Sometimes things actually are going to work for you, but like you have to tweak things. But so often we shoot ourselves in the foot and we don't even try something because we're just making an assumption about what people are going to think or feel. Like that email thing, I wish I had started emailing people twice a month like years ago, but instead I just got so obsessed with what I assumed people would think and feel. And you know what? I'm sorry, but you just cannot run a business on feelings. Maybe with some things like in the beginning, right? You can follow your gut or something like that. I get in some of those beginning decisions where you're kind of setting yourself up. But once you're thinking about growth, you have got to get back to data. You've got to get back to facts. And I think about this with people's reaction to me too. When I was a kid, I had a lot of problems with friends, especially in the beginning. Girls were always mad at me for some reason. And I had no idea what I was doing to make them upset. And it just like totally broke me. I remember sometimes I would truly come into school. And like when I left school yesterday, there was no problem. And when today I come into school and like everyone was mad at me for some reason. And I just remember being so confused about what it was about me that like people just didn't like. And I just felt overall unlikable. So I grew up feeling terrified to make people mad, terrified to have a different opinion because for years I just wanted friends who were nice and that I could count on. And that like, I don't know. I just, I, 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 this sounds so sad, but I lived like this for years and it was just all so hard. I think being a girl like in high school is so hard in general, but that was my experience, right? Spoiler alert. I did meet some amazing friends in high school who were not always mad at me for no reason and would not spread rumors. And they remain my best friends today. But all of that to say for years, I was terrified to be myself or to try something against the grain. And I think this fed my people pleasing for years, which has really gotten in the way of making certain decisions in my business. Cause I was just so afraid that people would just like hate me or something like that. There's gotta be something deep seated, right? I'm getting deep now, but there's gotta be something deeper. Um, and I think it, it has something to do with that. So if this is something that you struggle with, like people pleasing and disappointing people, like you might be feeling afraid to try these things. You might be feeling like, Oh God, I don't want people to have these feelings about me. Like that's going to really upset me. Right? So you're afraid to feel that in these moments, which is why you're not making the decision you need to make. So all of that to say, I sometimes find myself making up stories about what people are saying about me, like assuming people, I don't know, just really don't like me because like I said, for so long, that was my experience, right? People were nice to my face and then horrible behind my back. So if a client and I would disagree or something, we would, and you know, things would go wrong. This is, I don't do this anymore, but back in the day when I was creating content for people, let's say if I created content that someone didn't necessarily like, or was like, oh, I don't know, this isn't really vibing with me. Could we do something different? Right. I remember that would really make me spiral because I would be like, oh gosh, like I've disappointed them. They always like my stuff and now they don't like this one post. Like, do they not, are they thinking about firing me? Are they just over my work? They Do they just think that I'm like not good at what I do anymore? And so I'd really have to reel myself back in and revisit the facts, right? This client didn't like a piece of content we created. That's one fact. I reached out for feedback. That's another fact. I fixed the problem. That's a third fact. And she liked it. That's a fourth fact, right? Those are the facts. There's nothing in there to make me spiral and assume something that isn't there. And if there is, if there is something ambiguous or unclear, that's your invitation to ask, to get the fact if you need to get the fact, right? So all of that to say, again, this is your reminder that it is so important for wherever you are in your business to know feelings are not facts. 
And we have got to know the difference because we are so emotionally invested in this business that it can get confusing. So when you find yourself spiraling, acknowledge the feeling so you can at least begin to recognize your patterns because sometimes we're just in the habit of feeling things, right? For me, example, people pleasing is a habit more than anything now, right? So acknowledge the feeling, like understand it, notice if it's repetitive, but also go back to the facts. What is really happening here? I find this to bring me back to a place of letting logic kick in instead of heightened emotions so that I can actually problem solve my next step. Okay. I'm not kidding you. When I finally realized this, this was so liberating for me. And now, like I said, it just really helps me keep staying a level head. I am an imperfect human and I'm very emotionally charged. I'm a sensitive person too. And I've probably shared a little bit a little bit too much about my background around why I might be like that. So I get it if you're feeling those things, but I'm telling you, you cannot problem solve from that place. You cannot see your next step clearly enough from that place. So we need to come back to the facts so we can get ourselves straight. Okay. I want to know, was this helpful? Do you find yourself making these decisions based on your feelings? Like, I'd love to know if this is something that resonated with you. So DM me over at Sophia Para if you found this helpful and if you have any follow-up questions, because I love jamming about this stuff simply because, oh, this is just so in me, right? I've had to go over this for years and years and years, and I feel like I'm finally seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. So super here for you if you want to chat about this. All right, friends, this was fun. And now you know way too much about my crazy childhood. And hell, I've got way more, way more stories about that coming, I'm sure. We're only on 20-something of this podcast, so buckle up. All right, friends, I will see you on the next one. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.